Welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and I'm going to say this out loud for the very first time because it still does not feel real. WrestleMania weekend kicks off two weeks from tomorrow. We have so much to get to. We've got an incredibly special guest here on ATB. The United States champion, Austin Theory, will be here hanging out, giving us all his thoughts as he prepares to show down with the GOAT. But in other news, it's a very special day of the year for my esteemed co-host, my tag <laughs> team partner from the uh, other side of the Atlantic. It's St. Patty's Day, and uh, I'm bringing the Irish glee in the form of Kevin Patrick, KP, Aaron Gobra. There you go. Fair play to you, bud. Happy Paddy's Day to you, too. I've got my green lights going on here in the background, and uh, I'm questioning your blue background on St. Patrick's Day. At least make a little bit of effort, will you, for God's sake? You're asking me to change how I operate, KP, just because yes, of one day of the week, just to pander Absolutely. to you and your people. You That's want exactly me to change things. 100%. If you had made this request of me several weeks ago, I would have several told you weeks, in a very you absolute diva in a very colorful manner. Several weeks ago, I would have said to you, KP, there's absolutely no way I will not do that. There's no point in me changing my settings. But here in the custom built after the bell studio He's in do Pittsburgh, it. Pennsylvania, now that we have the ability He's to watch it. after the bell every week, Mondays, the visual aesthetic is ready. Check this out. Watch this. Yes. For the benefit of those who watch on YouTube, much like flash photography. Oh, look at that. Boom. Go Green. on, gravy. Green. Go, obviously, you're a big St. Patrick's Day fan, aren't you? I'm basically Seamus now. <laughs> I just changed the game with the click of a button. My high-tech studio, we now have green lights behind old CG. Uh, KP, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Never been a big St. Patrick's Day guy. Got That's plenty of love for the Irish. I think I got a little bit in me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, allegedly, according to my dad, which that changes on like a week-to-week -week basis. I need to do one of those DNA things to find out where I'm really from. I mean, most people have a little Irish in them. I mean, yeah. the joke is, when we go to the Olympics, the joke always is that the Irish were only good at two things, fighting and riding. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll add drinking to the uh, to the list because that's where Fair I enough. take my pride. My, my liver is at least Irish, I believe. And uh, it's a little too early in the morning to have cracked a Guinness, but I, I'm not a big fan of, of St. Patrick's Day, KP, because I pride myself on being a professional. And uh, here in Pittsburgh, I think we have like the third biggest St. Patty's Day celebration, which actually took no place way. last really? week. I believe so. I might be making that up. I want to say it's definitely top five. I know Chicago, Boston obviously do St. Patty's Day big. Savannah, Georgia actually has a massive Patty's Day parade too. Really? Big celebration, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Um, but it, to me, it's just amateur hour. I can do the same thing 364 other days a week better than the other people who are out there. Uh, Fair enough. Chicago, they dyed the river green, which is which is pretty cool. Yes, um, yes. And they've reversed the river there, obviously, heading into Lake Michigan. The couple of things I want to get out there, first and foremost, we don't really eat corned beef in Ireland. That's an absolute myth. Really? Uh, we don't drink green beer. No, we never drink green beer. Don't go drinking green beer. Yeah, and the last kind of thing, foolish. but the most important thing, never ever. And I'm warning you, whoever you are Me? watching on YouTube right now, no, not you, you wouldn't do this, but I'm warning you, Joe, in your basement watching this right now, never, ever spell Patty, P-A-T-T-Y. That's my mother-in-law. That's Patricia, right? There's no such person as Patty, P-A-T-T-Y. It's Patty, P-A-D-D-Y. It comes from the Irish name Padraig, which is Osquelga, the Irish name for Patrick. Uh, so let's never do St. Patty's Day, P-A-T-T-Y. Patty is on a burger or it's my mother-in-law. It's never the patron saint of Ireland. 
I like it. I like KP feeling a little spicy <laughs> here on, on Patty's Day with a double D. No T's involved. There here. you go. A-T-B-P-A-D-D-Y, okay? We need Thank you. Separation. I'll do it just for you. Uh, but we have a lot to get to, KP. While I know you're excited and uh, this is this is your day, uh, even though you just sort of denounced it in your own sort of backhanded manner, uh, <laughs> at least here in the States. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. We got WrestleMania to talk about, KP. And of course, this past Monday on Raw, things continue to develop. Tonight, if you are listening to this as it drops on Friday, as you still should be, uh, Drew McIntyre, one-on-one with the Celtic Warrior, the winner, will head to WrestleMania to battle Gunther. Before we get to all things Raw, let's let's speculate a little bit, KP. I was there ringside with Michael Cole. Uh, everyone and their mother had it. Sheamus and Gunther at Clash at the Castle in at least the conversation for match of the year, if not for the the winner of the award. It is very exciting, the prospect of running it back at WrestleMania. With that said, this is Drew McIntyre we're talking about, a guy who not too long ago was WWE champion. McIntyre, a top-tier, elite-level superstar, uh, obviously a good friend of Sheamus. I would not be at all disappointed if it was McIntyre and Gunther for the first time ever at the Showcase of the Immortals. Which way do you see this playing out? Or you could listen to the crowd, I mean, in the arena on Friday night that were all screaming, triple threat. That could be an option too if this thing doesn't get it doesn't get ironed out properly. Because Adam Pearce wasn't there on Monday. So let's see what happens with Pearce, who's been receiving far too many phone calls off that Chelsea Green one. Anyway, I, I'm fascinated by it. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's Seamus. These two have such a telepathic relationship. They've known each other for so, so long, going back to the days of Scotland and Ireland and when they were rooming together and their journey is very well documented about how Seamus was nearly like an older brother figure and best friend. They were in each other's weddings. Well, they're at odds right now. And Seamus wants that intercontinental title. It's the one thing that's been missing from his incredibly decorated WWE career. And Drew McIntyre does step up. If I was Seamus, I'd be pissed off too. You know what I mean? You're talking about one of your best friends. And all of a sudden, he decides to go to the ring and go after the one thing that you've gone out of your way to talk about openly for so long. Of course, I'd be a little bit pissed off. Would you? I could understand why uh, somebody might be a little bit miffed, but uh, it's the name of the game. And the good news is, no matter who emerges victorious tonight on Friday Night SmackDown, we, the WWE Universe, win. Because we either get to see Sheamus and Gunther again, or we see Gunther and Drew McIntyre. Either way, uh, to borrow a line from the Celtic Warrior, it will be a banger. Uh, but there's so much to get to, and I apologize for jumping around, but this such is the nature of the beast. This WrestleMania season, change is the only constant Uh, A little good news to get to, KP. It was broken this past week that the first 
inductee into the 2023 class of the WWE Hall of Fame, a well-deserved honor for none other than Rey Mysterio. I mean, what a legend. Over 20 years now in WWE, we're talking about a former world champion, Royal Rumble winner. The list goes on, a Grand Slam champion in WWE. For him to get this honor the night before WrestleMania this year. Look, we could talk about how beautiful a moment it is, and we should absolutely do that. But I can't help but not think about Dominic in a moment like this. I mean, he, he goes out to address the, the crowd on Friday night gravy and he's interrupted instantly by Dominic. Michael Cole lost his mind, which I was loving watching at home. Then on Monday night, Ray got a, a few more words out before Dominic interrupts again. And Dominic goes deep this time, talking about, what was it, some eighth grade graduation that Ray the missed? Eighth, yeah, That's I believe it was eighth grade promotion. Yeah, it was a very, a very deep. And, and man, I, my heart goes out to Dominic. How do you, oh how can God. you imagine, KP, having to live through the tumultuous times of your high school career when all your friends are cruising around in Mercedes and you have to push around a BMW like some low-class jobber? I mean, you, you got to feel for poor Dominic. It was hard for me to look at Ray in the same light after that revelation came to be. I hope your kids aren't I'm, watching this on YouTube no, right I, now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure my kids are watching. Uh, and if you'll notice, I, I stole this flannel right out of the Dominic Mysterio collection. Yeah, yeah, there black you go. Purple. Where's your uh, teardrop, bud? Hey, listen, I, I haven't done hard time like Dominic, okay? So I'm not going to do that. But, but to take it back to Ray for a minute, I got to touch on it briefly before Dominic did arrive on, on Monday Night Raw to interrupt Ray. Uh, you're not going to find a more highly respected beloved superstar in our locker room than Rey Mysterio. And KP, I think you can attest from your point of view as, as sort of a new guy or an outsider, you've been with the company a while now, but you you sort of made it into the lion's den in, in you know, this mysterious world known as TV Locker, uh, where Rey generally, you know, would get dressed and hold court when he was a member of the Raw roster. Uh, you, you truly will not find another guy as selfless as Rey Mysterio. Rey will go out of his way to help Anybody who asks, not I'm not saying anybody, any superstar, any particular talent, anybody in that locker room, anybody. Rey Mysterio, I, I hold in the highest regard, not only as a superstar, not only for what Rey has done for his incredible two-decade career. I've been a Rey Mysterio fan since he was Rey Mysterio Jr., but I simply can't say enough about how well-deserved this accolade is for Rey. It's the icing on the cake. It's great that Rey's still an active competitor, um, but I don't think it could come at a more perfect time. Ray's a, a SoCal guy, uh, Los Angeles being the site. I, I think that the community is going to be out in full effect. Everybody's going to be out to pay their respects to the greatest masked superstar of all time. With that said, I am pleading publicly with Dominic Mysterio to let the Hall of Fame go off as planned. I understand it makes sense to everybody who has watched everything that's happened over the last year plus, this rift with Dominic and Ray. And the logical conclusion is a fight. Ray still, as of this moment, as we record this, has not accepted anything. I don't know that Ray will accept anything. I don't know that Ray will get to the point where he will fight his son in a match in WWE. But I'm asking Dominic publicly on behalf of all of us fans who love this business, who love WWE, who love Rey Mysterio, on a fandom level or a personal level, let it be. Don't mess with the Hall of Fame. Let the Hall of Fame be the Hall of Fame. Let it maintain its, its sanctity. This is an honor in our business that people work their lives to achieve. 
let Ray have that moment. Saturday or Sunday or Monday or 300 days from now, you can be the biggest thorn in your dad's side you ever will be until you get what you feel that you need. But Ray needs this moment. Let Ray have his moment. Let Ray receive the adulation of the WWE universe. And Dom, if you don't want to show up, that's okay. Sit in the hotel, but do not step on this moment. That's all. You cannot separate the two, Graves. You can't do it. And and, and look, you, you live in a beautiful, picturesque world where this happens and Ray is there and he's receiving his, his, his you know, his, his in, he's inducted into the Hall of Fame and everybody's standing and applauding Ray Mysterio. But guess what? You're a dad. I'm a dad. Ray Mysterio's there on the Friday night. If he accepts a match at WrestleMania, if it gets to that point, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't do that and he says, I'm never fighting you, son, like he said all along, how does he enjoy this moment knowing that his firstborn child is not there alongside his wife and daughter. For me, that for me, that's gut wrenching. That it, I'm I'm delighted it's happening now, but in the current situation that it's happening within, it's hard to swallow, man. It really, really is. And Dom, if he's there, he's not going to put on. We know Dom's a pup. We know he's not going to put on a brave face and smile for his dad and get in the family photos. It just doesn't seem realistic. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Uh, look, I've been here long enough. I have an opinion and, and I understand. I, I read, you know, a lot of the rumors and the speculation on, on social media of what it could be. I'm just saying I don't like it. I don't want Dom stepping on that moment. Some things in this business, very few things remain sacred. And, and the the purest, the fan in me, would like to just let that be beautiful. I mean, look at what Undertaker did last year. His induction speech, the greatest of all time, had everybody in the arena, everybody watching at home on Peacock, just hanging on every word. It was masterful. It was beautiful. Undertaker got his flowers, and deservedly so. I think Ray deserves the same sort of respect. I don't expect Ray to have a 45-minute TED Talk induction speech, but, but let Ray have that moment. I just And again, I'm, I'm asking, I'm not asking, I'm speaking out loud, thinking out loud. I would love a separation. Again, Friday night, let Ray have his moment. Saturday, if that is how it plays out, cool. If it's Sunday, great. If, it, Like I said, if it takes two years till we get to that point, so be it. But let Ray have his moment. Hey, we keep talking about things being beautiful, right? Otis. Otis. Oh, maximum male models. Can it. we talk about it, please? Of course. Because it's right up there alongside like Edge. Finn Balor, Hell in a Cell, which we'll get to, like, as the headline act of Monday Night Raw. For you, Gravy, I think it might have stolen the show. Listen, I'm a big fan of Otis, of Otis. Let's just, let's, let's drop the formalities for a moment. Otis is such a unique superstar, a unique human being. We've had him on the show ATB, and I learned more about him right when we first kicked this thing off. And, and I got to, to learn about Otis the human and the human is just as fascinating as any caricature that is portrayed on TV. And it speaks to the, the ability of Otis as a performer and, and his versatility. Because here's a guy who came up sort of as a goofball in a tag team, heavy machinery, and he was sort of uh, closer to Chris Farley than he was to a, <laughs> another WWE superstar. But then over time with the Alpha Academy, we watched Otis develop into a true badass, credible, super heavyweight, because he is in real life. I mean, the accolades, I don't have them in front of me, but Otis is the genuine article. He has amateur wrestling records all, all over the globe. I mean, the guy is is the real deal. But to spend all that time and develop and show that side of him, the badass side of him was refreshing and people started taking him seriously. You would see him and Gable in tag matches with the Usos or, or the Street Profits and nobody batted an eyelash. And this dude's in there doing... Move moves and and things that you haven't seen in 
maybe decades from a guy that size. I, we always draw the comparison to, to Vader. He wasn't quite as physically large in stature as, as the Mastodon was, but the movements and just the, even the, the, some of the actual maneuvers, very Vader-esque. Now we're seeing potentially another side of Otis, which for my money, and it was a small clip, and here we are days later talking about it. And to me, that's the gauge. That's the gauge of anything good in entertainment. Do you talk about it after it occurs? It's easy to be caught up in the moment of a show or, or an episode of something, and then you go about your business and you don't think about it. Here we are several days later, and amongst all the madness that happened on Raw, you talked about it. We found we're getting Edge and Balor at hell in a cell <laughs> at WrestleMania. It's huge. And here you and I are giggling to ourselves and each other about maximum male models and the potential addition of Otis. That's a testament to Otis as a performer, as a human being, to be that versatile and that entertaining. I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. It doesn't seem like it's going to come to a head at WrestleMania. So hopefully it plays out over, over time. I just think it's so, so entertaining. And that is the, I mean, it's in the name of our company, World Wrestling Entertainment. But sometimes I feel like maybe we could use a little more entertainment. We've got the best wrestling on the planet. We've got the best wrestlers in the world. We've got the best characters. But I love to be entertained. And for my money, Otis never disappoints. You know what? When you think about some of the best facial expressions in WWE, right? I instantly think of Roman Reigns. I think his his, his reactions in ring are, are, are probably the best. Paul Heyman, obviously right up there. But... An underrated star there is Otis, Otis. Just his ability to adjust and, like you said, be versatile. In those moments on the uh, on the, the photo shoot scene with Maxine, Marseille, and Mansoir, like what he was doing in those moments, watch it back, folks. He was unreal. Like his facial expressions, his ability to adjust with Gable then and, 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 and Gable's getting pissed off. And it's just a beautiful story right now. I didn't like the way they called Gable ugly. That's somebody's son. I, I agree. Chad yeah. Gable's a quite a handsome man. I, exactly. That was, bone that, structure that was that harsh game. by Maxine. Um, but but Otis, we got to give a shout out to Superior Wisconsin and the bars on Tower. Uh, no, no more Wisconsin, Kevin. I don't know what. Listen, that's where the guy was born. You spent half of Raw talking about it. I, I think during Edge's entrance, you were like, "Hey, I wonder if Edge has been in Superior Wisconsin recently." <laughs> You're like, "Oh, hey, maybe next year WrestleMania will go Superior, Superior Wisconsin." <laughs> You're out of control with your superior Wisconsin obsession. I better get free beers down on Tower Ave one day. Uh, there you go. There, that's what this is all about. Trying to save a buck. Makes total sense. But what were you going to say about the facial expressions? Yeah, you were, you were rattling off your favorites. And you mentioned Roman and you mentioned Heyman, uh, which, of course, got me on the bloodline train. I actually tweeted it out during SmackDown Friday night that right now, for my money, Jey Uso may be the best most complete superstar in the game right now. And I'm not making some bold claim. And I know a lot of people agreed with me, which rarely happens on social media. Just an observation. I'm not saying, oh, put him in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time. I'm just saying for my money right now, as a guy who watches way too much of this stuff, there are very few people who have ever captivated me as deeply as Jay Uso has. And let's be honest, Jay has been the linchpin in this entire bloodline story from the beginning, it was Jay who opposed Roman that led to the development of the bloodline and the evolution of this story. And Jay has played his role to perfection. And when I say he's the best in the business, I mean, completely. I'm talking about a guy who can go out there and tear down the house night after night, which both Usos continuously do and have done. 
I'm talking about a guy who can convey emotion, who can connect with fans, which both Usos do. And again, I, I didn't in any way, shape, or form mean this as a shot at anybody. I, I, I'm not saying anybody's less than. You still, you know, I still think Seth Rollins is one of the greatest in the business. I'm just saying in this moment in time, for my money, Jay Uso is doing the Lord's work, man. His facial expressions, his emotions, his promos. When Jay Uso speaks right now, there's nobody in the world who can disagree with what Jay says because Jay believes it with every fiber of his being and it comes out of his eyes. It comes out in his phrasing, just the way he communicates. Man, Jay Uso is truly living up to the moniker of main event Jay recently. And I think, you know, obviously WrestleMania is right around the corner, but I, I just, I have no doubt Jay is going to be a major player potentially for years to come, which is crazy to say when you think about how long he and his brother have already been here. You just got me thinking there about like, if you were to play like a sports game, like stock up, stock down right now, and you have WWE superstars, Jey Uso's right up there. Okay. We, we both agree on that. But then you mentioned Seth Rollins and then you go to what Cody Rhodes did on Monday and that impassioned promo that we saw from Cody in the ring when he talked about when the sun sets on April 2nd. And I, when he's saying this, the, 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 the hairs are standing up on the back of my neck gravy. I mean, I'm in that moment with Cody and everyone's invested in his story. There's just so many superstars throughout. Jay, for me, Seth and Cody on the men's side are just operating at a different level right now. I I completely agree with you. And back to my initial point, that was my statement for my money in that moment. Watching Friday Night Smackdown, no one could touch Jay, but you're absolutely dead on when you take a half a step back. You don't need to step back very far and you realize how stacked Everything is in WWE. It's WrestleMania season, and it truly feels like it. Everything feels massive. Rollins, Logan, Paul, Edge and Balor inside of a steel cage. John Cena coming back to face off with our guest who is joining us here on After the Bell. He is the reigning United States champion. He is Austin Theory. Theory, first things first, welcome back to After the Bell as we record this As this is released, I should say, we are two weeks away from WrestleMania. SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles, California, WrestleMania goes Hollywood. It is now official. You will face John Cena. And I don't think I'm I'm speaking out of step when I say this is a matchup, a lifetime in the making. Your lifetime. But before we get to WrestleMania, I want to know what was going through your mind a few weeks ago on Monday Night Raw, when John Cena hit the ring in his hometown in Boston, Massachusetts, and before he could utter a word, Austin Theory's music hit. We heard A-Town down. What in the hell was going through your mind in that moment? I think, uh, to be completely honest, in that moment, I think I just kind of knew what was going to happen, knowing like when he goes out there, we're in Boston, the crowd's going to be crazy for him. And it doesn't matter if I've been there every single week, you know, working and grinding and, and putting my name, you know, on the print of Monday Night Raw. It's it's how it always is. When when that guy comes back, everybody goes crazy. And I think I, I didn't want to give him any time to speak. So that's why I immediately came out. But, uh, yeah, we all seen, you know, when I got out there, he had a lot to say. But, you know, me personally, it's like, of course you would have a lot to say to me. I mean, I'm the most important thing here. And if if you're trying to be important again, I'm the guy.
when did you finally realize that? When did you finally take ownership that you are the guy right now? In, in, in your perspective, you are the most important thing happening on Monday Night Raws. And it's hard to argue. You're the United States champion. It's the biggest singles title that's regularly featured there. You've been featured on everything. Was there a moment or a match or, or a conversation that you had in the last year or so that made you realize and made you really truly believe that this is where you belong? Or is, have you known this all along? Man, I knew this since I was eight years old. I always knew it. And it, even if I went, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, 15, 16, it was always somebody saying something, you know, you're not going to do that. or But it was just so, like, clear to me. Like, it, it, it didn't seem impossible. And something I used to say, and it's funny that at WrestleMania, it, it is me versus John Cena, I used to say, like, why can't I win a WWE championship one time, but John Cena can win it like 16 times. But it's just that viewpoint. And I think knowing that for so long that I would, I would be here and it's like, I'm here now. And it's like, everybody's like, wow, like he really did it. But it's like, man, I knew I would have done this already. Love it. Listen, he said a lot of things to you. One of, one of which was that, you know, you've got no heart, you've got no soul. Sure. People can believe that if they want, but the one thing that he said, which stuck out to me was he said that they don't believe in you because you don't believe in you. And that's where I thought, no, 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 this, that, that's for me is incorrect. Austin Theory believes in himself. And on Raw Talk, you used the word inevitable when you talked about where you are in this moment in time, headed to WrestleMania, take on a man you idolized your entire life. Inevitable. Why is it inevitable? Man, I'm I'm the inevitable Austin theory because like I said, you know, at eight years old, I knew I wanted to be here and there wasn't one single doubt in my mind. And that's the inevitable. And now Monday night raw, let's say the the raw after mania, because this is the reality. The raw after mania, I'm gonna be in the middle of my ring. And the reason why is because that's the inevitable. It's meant to happen, it's gonna happen. And when he says stuff like, you know, people don't believe in me. The problem is, is somebody like John Cena needs people to believe in him. I, I've never needed anybody, not one. And that's that's the difference. And why do you think that is, Theory? Because I wanted to bring that up to you. Despite being the youngest United States champion in WWE history, multiple times over now, youngest Mr. Money in the Bank, you've had WrestleMania moments. Last year, you were in the ring. We're not going to talk about McAfee because I, you know, I'm actually working on that. <laughs> being stricken from the record permanently. <laughs> you were in the ring with Mr. McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, these are these are lifetime highlights for most superstars. Yet here we are a full year later heading into WrestleMania and people, and when I say people, I mean the WWE universe, generally speaking, don't yet understand or accept you for what you're saying you are. Why do you think that is? Man, I think a lot of it, you know, has to do with they know I'm young. And I think for some reason, there's some stigma in life where, I feel like if you're young, you can't be great. You can't be a legend. And I totally disagree with that. And at the same time, I know I'm young. And I know when I go out there, I'm in the ring with guys that have been doing this for a long time. But it's not like I decided to do this at 18. I decided at 8, I wanted to do this. And at 12, I was like, what is the first thing that can get me ready for this career? And that was working out. And I was in there every single day. I remember sitting up front in the gym waiting for my mom to pick me back up because, you know, she had to drop me off and had things to go do. And I would just always look for any way I could to get to the gym. And that, and that was that building block. And then, you know, we talked about it before the bodybuilding show, everybody's like, Oh, did you want to be a bodybuilder? 
Never. That was just to try to get a tryout with WWE and it didn't work. And it was just, it's just a slow process like that. But for me, it's just always been constant work at it. And I've been working at it. So it's like for some people to say, oh, he's only 25 years old. It's, that's just a number. You don't know how long I've been working for this. But I'm the type of person where I don't even care to explain all that to you because I'm just going to do it. Love that, man. I love that. You're talking about being 12 years of age and going to the gym. Most kids are playing video games and you had it in your mind what you wanted to achieve. And that's where I think the biggest kudos has to go to you in all of this is you manifested where you wanted to get to. And now you're headed to WrestleMania to take on John Cena. You talk about in the gym and your preparation. Has preparation changed in any way for you ahead of the biggest match of your life? Man, honestly, I'm sticking to what I've always done. And it's it keeps me where I need to be. And a funny word you probably wouldn't hear Austin Theory say, but it keeps me grounded, the routine that I have. And uh, I, I always feel like I could work harder and I always feel like I can push forward. And man, I'm just going to be Austin Theory. I'm going to I'm going to rock with it. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to show up at WrestleMania, not change a damn thing about myself. I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to drop that old ass man. I'm going to show up on my show on Monday Night Raw because that's the inevitable. Wow. Spitting fire already. My goodness. Has there been anybody, Theory, uh, that you surrounded yourself with that you go to for advice or that's sort of helped you along this journey now that you're at this point? Is there somebody you confide in or that you you bounce ideas back and forth with? Yeah, man. I would say uh, usually uh, two people that I really like to mention is uh, Jay Uso and MVP. Um, there's definitely some others, but, uh, uh, Jay Uso specifically, man, somebody that since the beginning, uh, when I got pulled up and I started doing the dark matches, I would say it was around a year ago, um, or maybe two years ago, but, um, started doing the dark matches and then eventually got on the main roster and then everything kind of took off. But even to this day, you know, this past Monday, like passing him in the hall, you know, he's like good stuff out there, like always keeping an eye. And even if, uh, I don't see him. I always message him like, like, what'd you think? You know, and he's always just, he's a veteran of the game. He's been there for a long, long time. So it's always good to have somebody like that to help. Well, another fellow is Edge and you had a, a brilliant match against Edge recently for the United States Championship. What was it like working with the Hall of Famer? And when you factored that into your preparation now to take on another absolute legend in Cena, working with someone like Edge and, and going up against Edge, looking to take down the rated R superstar was what for you? Man, that's, you know, speaking of Edge, that was like the ultimate rivalry for me growing up, you know, Cena versus Edge. Edge. Cena, right. Yeah. And and getting to, I, I remember specifically, you know, standing out there in the ring and, and hearing the, you know, you think you know me. And he came out and, and getting to watch it. And I'm like, man, like I used to watch this as a kid. And it's going to be so awesome. The rated R superstar Edge is going to come down to this ring and get A-Town down. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, definitely working with him was, uh, it was amazing. Um, just, you know, the, the legacy there and the time that's been put in there and, and the brains, it's, uh, just getting to connect with that. And honestly, on the other side of that, come out and be even greater. It's, uh, it was definitely an honor. Well, it's been no secret that over the last year here within WWE internally, there's been a lot of change, obviously, from a business perspective, from a behind the scenes perspective. You were a guy who was introduced and really got got the rocket ship put on you, uh, courtesy of Mr. McMahon. 
Mr. McMahon's out of the picture and you heard rumblings, you heard rumors. Uh, it seemed like Cena almost echoed a lot of those sentiments from the fans going, oh, well, Theory's done now. Theory doesn't have daddy as, as they like to refer, uh, you know, to, to Mr. McMahon as pertains to you. Theory doesn't have daddy around anymore. And, and you sort of felt like you maybe lost a little bit of steam from an outsider's perspective. How did you handle the whole transition? Because here we are again, amidst everything, all the changes you to your credit, are exactly where you said you were going to be anyway. How did you navigate all that? Were there any any sort of doubts in your mind? Well, man, it's it's like one of those things, you know, I, I feel like everything kind of got a little crazy around the end of the money in the bank deal. And that's when things kind of started spinning. And, you know, online, everybody's like, oh, his career's over. He's, he's done for. And I'm like, man, I'm just getting started. But, um, yeah, just the midst of all that happening, you know, and uh, everybody thinking, like, I'm finished and coming back from that. And everybody's like, oh, wow, like this is crazy. But that's just how it goes. And it's kind of funny. That scenario kind of relates to what just happened with John Cena. You know, everybody online's like, you're buried, you're done, you're finished. I'm like, you guys are idiots. You really are. I mean, yes, John Cena needs to say everything he can because he's going to go back to Hollywood until WrestleMania and go put his skirt and heels on. So, you know, that's that's why he has to say all those mean things. He's got to say everything he can. And I'm sure he thought about that for a really long time. I mean, he did say he's been watching me for a long time, didn't he? He sure did. And KP, Theory wasn't just f- throwing insults there. That photo is floating around the interwebs of Cena wearing a skirt and heels. I, I don't know the context. I'm not sure what it's about, but that wasn't just a random insult. <laughs> let, let me tell you here, Theory, you know who's defending you the whole time throughout that whole process? All gravy over there on After the Bell and on Monday Night Raw saying, you idiots, exactly like you're saying, just watch this guy respond. And in many ways, that adversity you faced, you probably wouldn't change a thing right now, would you? No, not at all, man. Not at all. I think me staying true to myself, I, I could have stood out there and I could have, you know, broke down, but I didn't. I stood in the ring with John Cena. I looked him right in his face. He said what he had to say. And it seems like he's really, really upset. But me, not so much. Did you get that vibe when you were, you were standing that close to him face to face? You could see him look him dead in his eyes. You, you felt that? Corey, I'll tell you this, man. I, I looked that man in his eyes and I seen it. I seen the fear, you know? And this is John Cena, man. The guy that never gives up. The man that's not afraid of anything. And I could see it. Because it's, you know, he, he can say, oh, the, the ruthless aggression era, that's where you're at. Dog, what are you talking about? I'm shining. I'm, I'm doing it. It's it's definitely not the ruthless aggression era. And and a trunks, uh, he said, I'm, I'm one pair of trunks away from being a jabroni. That's that's what you that's what you showed up to to my show to say to me. That's what you wanted to say. And it's like I'm just standing out there because I'm pretty speechless. I'm like, wow, this is the guy that I grew up watching that motivated me, that inspired me, that knows this. And he's out here in front of his home crowd and he's just trying to be cool. At WrestleMania, man, they're those same people from Boston, they're not going to be there. They're not. You know who's going to be there, though? My family, and they're going to watch me whoop his ass. Wow. I love the confidence, man. I mean, and that's that's what it takes. Is Let me ask you this, Theory. In your opinion, is your confidence what sets you apart from other superstars? Because, I mean, let's be honest, you, you did the independence like so many have. You went through NXT as so many have. You, you've had different iterations and ups and downs as every superstar seems to have. Yet here you are still on the path that you yourself envisioned at eight years old. What is it about Austin Theory that sets you apart from everybody else? 
Man, I mean, you can definitely say that confidence is there. I mean, it's always been there, and it, it, I don't think it's ever going to go away. But it, it's just the work that I put in behind it. You know, you can be the most confident person in the world, but if you don't know how to work, you ain't going anywhere. And that's always been my thing. And I've always had a why, you know, like getting to the WWE, like, why do I want to be there? Like, I have, I have foreseen it. I have dreamed about it as a kid every single day. And I remember plenty of times, man, people laughing, people telling me like, what makes you think out of a thousand people that, you know, it could be you or out of a million. It's like, dude, cause I'm the one. And it's, it, it might sound like that simple, but, but it's true. You know, I know how to work. I've known how to work since I was a child. I didn't have a regular childhood. I wasn't, you know, playing around. I, I had a mission. I went in the gym and I put in that work. I put my headphones in and I went away from the real world. And I went to that fantasy land that now I live as my real life. It sounds to me like this matchup at WrestleMania is more daunting to the WWE fans than it is to Austin Theory. Would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And I probably said this earlier at the beginning, but you know how he said, there's not one person in here that believes in you. Uh, I would say besides the one fan that was in between us with the sign that said all day Austin theory, but uh, <laughs> besides, besides that one, um, it, like I said, it, I don't need even one person to believe in me. I don't because I believe in me and I think it shows. And I always say this, you know, everybody's going to fall in line because they're going to have no choice. You're going to be like, wow, this guy is consistent. This guy does show up every day. He's the one that I always see. And sure, they might say, oh, he might be a little arrogant, you know, but you're going to ride the wave and it's coming. It's coming. So all day, when you say that, it represents something more than something simplistic, as you just mentioned about working hard. What does the average day for Austin Theory away from Monday Night Raw look like in terms of that hard work? Because you're a 25-year-old operating at a different level right now to the average human being. So for anyone watching on YouTube or listening in their car right now, what does the average day for Austin Theory look like? Man, I just like to, you know, make sure I stay ahead of everything that I need to do, you know, during the week, whether it's like a media appearance or, uh, you know, something on my phone. But uh, I, I like hitting the ground running as soon as I get back home, you know, usually off of a few hours of sleep, uh, just straight in the gym. That's the first place I like to be uh, to start my week. and. Anytime I have off, that's where I'm at. And when I'm on the road, that's where I'm at. And it's always just been, you know, the gym's always been that place of escape. But at the same time, it, it lets me, you know, feel like I'm I'm working towards that goal and, and I'm keeping that going. But um, I just make sure I keep everything in order, you know, especially with my diet. I make sure I'm getting all my meals in. I'm not slipping up on that. I'm working out, uh, you know, watching whatever I need to watch to be prepared. Um, and just always kind of like, getting different ideas, you know, and, uh, music's like one of those things too, that helps me out a lot. Like it, you know, certain lyrics, certain beats, like stuff you hear just kind of gives you that attitude. And honestly, it helps me start thinking of more ideas and stuff like that kind of branch off. But yeah, it's all day, man, because I don't stop this. This is something that it doesn't turn off. It doesn't. All right, let's go play Austin theory. Like, no, this is, this is all day. I'm, I'm always ahead of everything. I'm always working to be ahead of everything. Uh, Austin Theory isn't a suit that you put on in the morning. You're, you're Austin Theory 24-7 all day. It makes a great deal of sense. Talk to me about the, the music. Uh, what, what inspires you? What do you listen to when you're in the gym? What's on Austin Theory's playlist? Man, I, I like a lot, of, uh, a lot of music. I like uh, you know country, rap, rock. 
um, just really anything you let me listen to, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can vibe to it and, and get along with it because I feel like everything has a reason and a meaning. And for me, uh, usually typically in the gym though, I'm looking for something that gets me more upbeat and stuff. So typically rap and stuff, but yeah, just, I mean, I wouldn't even just say rap, you know, there's like specific lyrics that artists say, you know, that are, that are real motivating and inspiring. Like what? Give us, give us some examples or something that sticks in your head. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a song, uh, it's an older song, but I've been just, even when I leave the locker room, cause I'm the last one to leave the locker room. So I always got my speaker on my, my backpack and I like listening to, uh, Hustler's Ambition by Jeezy. And there's a lyric in there that says, you know, I might not be the best yet, but just know I'm going to be. And that's like something that it's just that song's about him, you know, going from nothing to making his name. And everybody's, you know, pretty much like he hasn't blown up yet. You're like, the crowd's not going crazy yet. And it's like, I'm telling you, bro, like it's going to happen. Just if, if you have the patience, I guarantee you I'm the guy. And, and, that, and I relate to that completely. That's beautiful, man. I love that. The United States Championship that you hold so dearly. When you think about the United States Championship over the last few years, no disrespect at all to Finn Balor, to Riddle, to Damian Priest, but there's a feeling and that sensation that the United States Championship has been elevated over the past year or so. Do you feel you've elevated the United States Championship? Absolutely. I think that championship is a main card title. I think that is the main event championship. And you know, you can argue that it's not the undisputed, you know, WWE Universal, keep saying a title for it, championship. Uh, it's it's the championship for Monday Night Raw. And when you show up to that show, the United States champion runs that show. How much did John Cena have to do with how you view the United States championship? Obviously, you've done the work. You've put in the work to elevate the championship. But the last time it could be argued that the title was as valuable as it is now when John Cena made the Open Challenge famous and really elevated a ton of careers and superstars in the process. Yeah, that was actually, um, it's funny you say that because that's what I was, you know, thinking about really when you, you know, said like, no disrespect to anybody, but it feels like, you know, you've made the United States Championship relevant again. John Cena, that Open Challenge, that's what I jumped to. And even before that, you think, you know, back in the day, that's right, back in the day, because that's where he is. You know, the Spinner United States Championship, John Cena really built a legacy for the United States Championship. And, hey, could that be one of the things that, you know, really bothers him? Because when he came out, he, did, he really didn't have anything to say about the United States Championship. But uh, maybe that's something that gets under his skin, you know, feeling like you really built that mountain. And then, uh-oh, here comes Austin Theory that just, boom, right on top of that. Here we go. I love the perspective, man, because you you were the one who got to stand in the ring and face-to-face -face with John Cena. All the rest of us can do is speculate and imagine, but I love how you're seeing things play out, and you got to see the emotion, and you got to feel the vibe, and this is this is all great stuff. This is stuff that, that even Kevin and I don't get to see from 10 or 15 feet away at ringside. Right. Yeah, it's, it's uh, especially just that energy in there, you know, and it, it was like every time, uh, you know, Cena wanted to take a hit at me, man. It was just like, man, I, I get it, man. Like, but it's over. It's, 
It's it's the inevitable, man. It's that This simple. is crazy to me. For the, thank God for YouTube now, because Austin Theory is grinning from ear to ear as he proudly announces that it's over for John Cena, his childhood hero. That, there, there's, there, uh, this has got to be like a psychologist's field day, just to psychoanalyze <laughs> what's happened right now. And you're smiling about this. You are eager and excited to be the one that puts him down. I love it, man, because, you know, I, I see what people say on the Internet and, and I know it bothers them that I never respond because I'm a star, man. I, I'm not going to talk to some three follower Twitter guy, you know, that hangs out with his mom in the basement. I, I don't need to. You know what I mean? But it's it's like when it comes to John, it's it's just reality. It is what it is. And, and it is over. It is. And, and like I say, like, you know, people online that are saying, well, you know, John Cena is going to beat him. We all know. So I hope he, you know, has a, a open challenge again. And, and maybe there's a new cool challenger. It's like, man, this is great. I, I love the the future that everybody sees because I'm going to step all over it. You talked about getting inside the mind of John Cena. Was that part of your plan? Was it calculated on Monday Night Raw when you, 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 you did the, you know, you can't see me STF on Dawkins as well? You know what? I don't even think I'm... Uh, I'm trying to get in his head because I am in his head. And I seen it when I, when I looked into his eyes on Monday Night Raw. I seen it. And I'm like, heck yeah. I'm getting that rock, that Roman Reigns roast. Give it to me. Give it to me. Because reality is, is going to be reality. What's supposed to happen is going to happen. And, and that's where we are. It doesn't matter. Your, your time is not now. Your time is over. Your time is 10 years ago. Let me ask you this. You keep saying that the wave is coming and that nothing's going to stop it. What does WWE look like the Monday after WrestleMania if Austin Theory beats John Cena? It is going to look like the biggest party in the world, the biggest celebration. And it's, you know, it's already in the works because it's going to happen. Because I fancy myself some level of a a journalist, I've got to ask you the other side of the coin. What happens in Austin Theory's world if here you are with all the confidence that you have right now and WrestleMania comes and goes and John Cena comes back and puts you down? What happens then? I got to be completely honest with you, Corey. At this point in my career, I I can't play pretend anymore, man. I can't. I can't play pretend. So me answering that, I, I would just be sitting here joking around and, uh, I'm not joking around. So there is no scenario in which you see John Cena emerging victorious at WrestleMania. You're that confident. I am that confident. I don't care how many WrestleManias John's had. I don't care how unprepared he thinks I am for the crowd after. They're going to eat me alive. Bring it. Bring it. But just make sure you really bring it. Because I'll be ready. Can you imagine having a conversation? I'm just listening to you right now and thinking of 10 years ago, and you're posting those photographs on Instagram of Austin Theory in the gym as a 15-year-old. What would you tell your younger self right now as you approach a WrestleMania match with Cena? Nothing, man. Nothing. Because that kid knew it. That kid knew it. figured out the key, man. I I can't get over the smile. That's what this is. This is what's selling me. I mean, Theory, obviously, you know, I I think the world of you. We get to chat backstage. I've watched your your development and your growth, and and I'm a fan of what you do. But right now, I I don't think I've ever believed more in you than I do in this very moment, staring through the screen into your eyes, watching you smile, seeing the fact that you have not once been shaken. You are unflappable. You are 
insanely confident right now. And we are moments away from a, from a position, and I'm not trying to make this any bigger or, or build this mountain any higher for you. A true, literal dream match, not just for you, but for millions of people around the world, for thousands of superstars who have stepped in the ring and come before you and wanted the spot that you're in, for hundreds of people who are down in NXT right now watching, going, maybe someday I could get to that point in the mountain. That's where you are. That's where you are. This is Austin Theory versus John Cena. Not insert champion here, a guy who most people would not argue is one of, if not the greatest of all time. And here you are saying, bring it, just bring it. I love it. I'm having a hard time believing it, but I love it. (laughs) You know, that's the thing though, Corey, like you're somebody that, uh, you know, you see it, but even in this situation, it's hard to believe. And I get that, but I don't expect anybody to understand the grind from when I was eight to where I'm at now, you know, all that work being put in all that time that I put in, all the stuff that I decided not to attend to make sure I would stay on the right path. I just have been with this guy for so long that there's nobody that's going to break him. There's nobody that's going to change his view. I'm so strong-minded. I'm so set in my ways. I know exactly what I want and I'm going to take it. And it feels good to know finally at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles that that's the place that everybody finally understands. I'll tell you that part of me really doesn't care, but then the other part of me thinks it's pretty cool after everything that, you know, he wanted to show up and say at my house on Monday Night Raw. It's going to feel really good to, you know, go to his part of town that, you know, he's been working so hard in and uh, take a big crap in it. It's going to be great. Well, Theory, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy as you prepare for this mega match at WrestleMania. Uh, I now have supreme confidence in your abilities in uh, Los Angeles, and it sounds to me like uh, the entire WWE universe should take note of what they're about to see. They should, because WrestleMania 39 is going to be great, and it's going to show you why I am the inevitable Austin Theory. And John Cena, well, uh, I guess... uh, I guess, yeah, he's just going to go back the next day after losing, and he's going to probably throw on those heels in that skirt and get back to work. (laughs) And the wave continues to Monday Night Raw. Austin Theory, John Cena, WrestleMania for the United States Championship. Theory, thank you so much for your time. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan. Listen for free wherever you get your podcasts. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And remember, full episodes of After the Bell are available on WWE's official YouTube channel every Monday. Make sure you uh, subscribe to that because you're going to want to see the smile on the kid's face when Austin Theory's out here spitting truth. Uh, You can get the rest of us in audio form every Friday. And we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell.